You are listening to Girly Swats, a podcast that looks at issues facing women in the political spotlight. I'm your host, Hannah Woodward. For this episode, I will be speaking to Assembly member and former party leader, Leanne Wood. So Leanne, you've been in politics since 2003. Within that time, you've taken a Labour stronghold, become Plaid Cymru's first female leader and won Welsh Politician of the Year in 2015. But since 2003, society has come a long way in terms of gender recognition at we've got um, same-sex marriage legal in Britain and now the United Kingdom. And you said in a Hay Festival that abuse aimed at women is the worst you've ever seen. Why do you think that is? I think the political context that we're in and the polarisation that's happened, particularly since the Brexit referendum, but not exclusively um, around that, has has changed politics. And there seems to now be um, an acceptance that certain forms of of ways of speaking to to people politically and in general on social media, it seems that it's become acceptable to be more aggressive and more abusive. And I don't think that's a welcome development and I'd like to see measures taken to go back to where we were before um, this kind of conduct was was socially acceptable. So obviously for the recent parliament sitting a record number of female MPs are standing down and because of horrific abuse you are a female in politics have you ever considered standing down because of the abuse that you face? I think everybody's got to approach this as an individual, I wouldn't want to um, say something that demeaned the women who've chosen to stand down because I perfectly understand why you would choose to do that. But I'm also acutely aware that many of the voices that are abusing women in politics are doing so to try to close down the debate and shut us up. And so when I look at it from that perspective, it makes me even more determined to make sure that my voice isn't silenced. Why do you think that so many people are determined to close down the debate for women? I th- oh, there could be a variety of reasons. I think that in the past, um, people probably were more used to male dominance in politics and business and academia. Um, and now more women are securing those higher up positions. More women are more visible, particularly in the political field. And I think some people feel threatened by that. So do you think those who are used to the idea that women belong in the kitchens and should be looking after the home, those people, are are they threatened by women in politics? Well, I think it's a question of power, isn't it? And all politics is about power, really. And if you've got a group of people who have traditionally held power and suddenly that power is either taken away from them or reduced in some way, then there's bound to be a reaction towards that. And I think... There's an element of that uh, going on. But but there's probably other things as well. I think the way that politics has polarised in recent years, you know, you're either for one set of values or you're against that set of values. People are uh, much more firmly in different camps than I've ever witnessed before. I think that contributes to this as well. Hmm. So obviously this rise in misogyny, does that scare, make you scared for women who want to become involved in politics and do you fear for the future of political engagement for women? I am concerned for a number of different reasons. I've got a 14-year-old daughter and the idea that she will grow up into a world which is much less tolerant of all kinds of minorities as well as women is not an attractive prospect. Um, I am concerned about the the numbers of women going into politics, particularly younger women. And I go around and speak to lots of different groups of people and I, I try to encourage people to get involved in politics. I believe that democracy should be properly reflective of the society that we're in 
But the first question that's always asked to me when I go out and do these uh, talks is, why should I put myself up for the kind of abuse that you get on social media? Because it's, it's visible, isn't it? People see it. And that's a really hard question to, to answer, really. And the only way I can um, try to respond to that is to say, well, look, we want a different kind of society where people are more accepted, where there is more harmony between different groups of people. The only way we're going to get that is if people who feel like this are in positions of power. Because if we walk away from politics, then the risk is that we leave the field open to people who don't think like we do and and are much less tolerant Mm -hmm. um, and uh, abusive. So I wouldn't want to say that we've got a duty to be involved, but I do feel that walking away from it poses a new set of problems. Male politicians such as Boris Johnson have called women in burqas letterboxes, mm-hmm. responded humbug to a speech made in the Commons about Joe Cox and protecting female politicians. The Daily Mail had a front page photo of Nic- Nicola Sturgeon and Theresa May with the headline, Never mind Brexit, who unlegs it? Um, these actions have never faced consequences. However, when you called out a misogynistic tweet on Twitter um, by calling the man an arsehole, um, you were reprimanded mm-hmm. um, by the Assembly. Do you think that women are treated unfairly and expected to meet a different set of standards and politics compared to men? Yes, I do. And the fact that the Prime Minister has made all of those statements, um, okay, in the past, but he hasn't apologised for them, he hasn't acknowledged the hurt caused by them, and he hasn't accepted that when people in positions of power like him talk in that way, then it poses very real physical threats to to people on the street. And and I think that's unacceptable and unforgivable. But the fact that he's not faced any consequences for that within his own party um, is staggering, really. And yes, I think the bar is much, much lower for... Um, women and minorities who are active in politics. The the same um, doesn't apply, and it should, because it's a basic equalities issue. Why do you think um, men face a different set of standards compared to women in politics? Well, it's not all men, is it? Because um, I think, you know, Jeremy Corbyn has faced quite a lot of criticism for statements or that members of his party have made, not, not even him directly. It's a failure in the Conservative Party, I think. Um, no political party has got it right in terms of disciplinary processes and being absolutely clear about what is and what isn't uh, acceptable. But I think all of us have got to make much more of an effort to make sure that those statements that are made, especially from senior political figures really do think about the consequences of those statements because uh, when it's coming from the Prime Minister and it's clearly directed against uh, individual specific minorities in the way that Boris Johnson's comments um, have been it's clearly dangerous. So a lot of the abuse comes from social media giants like Twitter and Facebook. Mm. Do you think that they need to take a harsher stance against trolls in order to defend not only women, but men who suffer abuse in politics? I do, and I think they need to apply their rules consistently as well. And um, the problem with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, and all of these social media companies is they operate internationally. It's very difficult to introduce legislation to, to regulate them. But they have to take um, responsibility they are um, with their algorithms they're not helping the situation and the spreading of, of uh, hate speech 
So I think that action does need to be taken um, against the the platforms, but we also need to insist that they, they apply their rules consistently. So, for example, I have reported Donald Trump and Katie Hopkins for clear racist statements when Donald Trump said that the uh, members of the squad should go home, back to the countries of origin. That was clearly a, a racist dog whistle, and Twitter took no action. And I know plenty of other people reported those tweets and, and Katie Hopkins' tweets as well, and no action's been taken. Why? Because they've got such huge numbers of followers, whereas other accounts um, are suspended on uh, offences much lower. So, you know, there does need to be consistency, and social media companies have to take action against those people with big followers, even though that might affect them financially abuse on social media that's bullying obviously that will take a lot of uh, big strain on your mental health as it would anyone how do you as a as a politician deal with the social media abuse moot (laughs) (laughs) i make extensive use of the moot button and often you find that the same people the same trolls are um repeat offenders and so um it's quite, you know I've got hundreds of people muted now on uh, my social media and it's quite interesting because if I post something um, say about immigration or about uh, Muslims or something that you know uh, tend to be trigger points for, for these types um, I can see a list of replies which are all muted accounts so I know you know the far right are out playing today and it's almost as if they're coordinated sometimes I think that I can post something, say, on Facebook at 8 o'clock in the morning and there'll be very little reaction till about 11, 12 o'clock and then the reaction will all come together at the same time. So you'll suddenly get hundreds of similar comments all from different accounts. So there's something somewhere where these people are coordinating and, you know, saying something like Leanne Woods just posted something really lefty or something and they all come over then and and have a pop. So knowing that Mm. and knowing it's coordinated and knowing and understanding that is political and it's designed to silence you actually you can take power from that because you can then decide that they're not going to silence you and it can make you even more determined to carry on with that kind of politics so social media for many is there to reflect the opinions of society and misogyny is rife amongst all forms of social media do you think that the society is more misogynistic behind closed doors and what can people do to take more uh, misogyny more seriously i do think misogyny is more prevalent um than it appears to be. And I think that if you look at things like the um, the rape statistics, the domestic abuse statistics, um, those are offences that are committed behind closed doors and out of the public view. And if those incidences are increasing, then that says something that we should be um, really concerned about. And it's happened at the same time as an increase in general hate crime. So there's obviously an aggression and an abusive sort of violent backdrop to to some of these issues. And it's misogyny that's behind it and pushing it, I think. Mm. So looking at party membership numbers in every political party of Labour, Conservatives, SNP, Green, Lib Dem and UKIP, I did message Plaid, but I couldn't find any. Um, each party had more male party members than female, with Conservatives having more than double the amount of men than women. Mm. Do you think how female politi- politicians are being treated is affecting p- uh, female political engagement in terms of the party numbers? That's an interesting question. There's always been an issue with women's um, ability to be involved in politics, mainly because... 
um, women take the bulk of the caring responsibilities and, and run in the home. And it's not possible if you've got two children or however many children to make political meetings in the evenings, to run as a candidate, to do those informal networking um, things that happen. You know, you all go canvassing and then you all go and have a, a pint in the pub afterwards. And, and that's when a lot of decisions are made and, and deals are made and all of that kind of thing and, and discussions are taking place. And if women can't be involved in those, then you're always excluded from from that. So that's always been um, an issue. I'm not sure if those figures have got worse in terms of the imbalance. I, I can't answer that. Um, I'm pretty sure that there is um, a dominance of male members in Plaid Cymru, um, although I don't have access to the figures either. But I think that um, unless political parties make great efforts to do things like ensure that there's access to childcare facilities, that the conference has got a crash, um, all of those kinds of things that enable women to participate and also feel welcome, um, because it's quite difficult. I mean, I've been in a situation where I've had to take a, a small child to political meetings. I mean, my, when my daughter was small, we were doing it all the time. And, you know, they get bored and they get irritated and sometimes they cry and they disrupt. And it's, it just makes being in that meeting a hell of a lot harder than it needs to be. And I think it's a responsibility of political parties and society as a whole to try and make it as easy for people people to participate in politics as possible mm. and so helping with caring responsibilities is, should be a basic really. Mm. What would you say to young women today or, or even older women, middle-aged women or all women, um, that are put off by entering politics because of the misogynistic nature that's so prevalent today? Well I would say if we don't get involved ourselves then that problem is only going to get worse because we're opting out of a situation and then that dominance is going to only uh, increase and concentrate so we have to decide I think what kind of society we want and what kind of politics we want to reflect that and my view is that all of society should be involved in that all all uh, sectors all different people from different backgrounds uh, religions um, orientations everyone should be involved and we shouldn't have a situation where anyone feels excluded. Mm. So I just wanted to ask you this, so for me growing up, the suffragettes were a political inspiration for me and most specifically Lady Rhonda. Did you ever have a political inspiration who was a woman growing up? In the Rhonda there was a communist councillor called Annie Powell and she represented the Penagraig ward, which is the ward I represented when I first became a councillor in my 20s. And Annie Powell to this day is someone who is massively respected in our local communities not because everyone's a communist although I'm sure some are um, but because she was seen as somebody who really wanted to work for the community and put the community before herself and and of obviously given her politics you know she was a champion of equality she understood the importance of, of feminism and of fighting for the underdog and um, that's certainly something that I would aspire to be too. You have been listening to Girly Swats. I'd like to thank Liam Wood for being this week's special guest. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Girly Swats.